Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. U18 U Fitness Podcast. And today we're going to talk about what's in a game. Um, it's been something. What should be in a game? What should be in a game? What's in a super game? Um, yeah, for a long time we've been programming games for kids in fitness, haven't we? Yeah, I think that, that um, you know, go back to when we started to develop our youth program. There was a lot of emphasis in the community on the hard aspect of doing. The workouts and so we spent a lot of time talking about how kids needed to have fun and how important it was to have fun and a lot of times people misinterpreted that because we were trying to get the community to kind of move away from taking seven-year-olds and saying let's do a half an hour of working out as hard as we can yeah. to let's have some fun doing these you know being in the gym and, and learning to move because um, we're trying to move them that way that, that what they interpreted big fun was really big silliness. Yeah, that was definitely a misinterpretation. And so now we've spent some time really breaking down, first of all, what we mean by fun. And there's a whole lot in the Brand X certification about that and play and free play. Can't go deep on that in this 18-minute game piece, but so much more to the idea of fun. And as Jeff says, that was a reaction really to the boot camp kind of style that, that things were. And saying, wait, kids need something different. We need to motivate them. We need to get, engage them. And 95% of kids absolutely need that or they will leave, right? Right. So we were very intent on putting games into our program. And at the beginning, we had one thing that we did. We took the, the standard game that you see at a school or that you grew up with, which is usually some form of tag or running plus something else. There's a percent of what you see and people think of when they think of kids fitness games and so we started there but we went up not clearly since we're working with functional fitness we need to add functional fitness to that just running game right that was pretty obvious and we stayed there for a little bit not too long before we realized wait a minute there's an opportunity here to add so much more so what are the what is it kids really need they need those functional movements those patterns but they also need physical literacy skills because they're not always moving enough to have encountered those, right? They're not always on playing outside like previous generations were. They're not always playing more than one sport. So their exposure is limited and we need to give it to them in some form. So a game is and, a great place to go. And I think that that was really the, the, the beauty of what you started to do and what we saw um, so successful at Brand X, you know, our, the lab was that you started to really understand the importance of play for kids and how important that was 
um, to uh, the child's development and then including those aspects into the game. Right. So, um, and that that was an opportunity to take what kids weren't getting um, in our culture anymore outside and allowing it to come into the, uh, the aspects of the, of the game and kind of enter, and, and begin to really make that a part of the game so that they were learning those skills um, in the gym, but where they weren't maybe now. Yeah, they, on the playground or out, out playing outside. What I guess get called uh, the soft skills, right? Neurological, yeah. social aspects, and the beauty of all those things that free play, true free play delivers. And it's how can we pump that in just a little bit? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that. We started with fun functional fitness additions to what you think of as the um, standard game of tag. So that was the first aspect, the first layer that we started putting into the games. And uh, an example of that would be musical medicine ball. Everybody loves musical medicine that, medicine. that was one that we've seen um, for a while. That was circa 2006, 17 years ago. And that thing has been around. Um, and we people, still see it. We still see it all the time. Um, it's engaging. Kids like it. And it does have a little bit of an added layer because it's got music in there. So there's a little bit um, beyond functional fitness in there. But it's basically you're doing functional movements around these staged medicine balls. When the music stops, you squat over the medicine balls. <laughs> and then if there's a tie, you have a squat off where you can do the most squats. Very basic, very engaging, or it wouldn't be around 17 years later. But we saw more. We thought, okay, wait, now we've got the physical literacy skills that I just mentioned that kids just aren't getting elsewhere. So what does that mean? Well, their physical literacy is nebulous, but what we've done is taken, oh, six to ten aspects of the physical literacy and very intentionally injected them into our programs, um, including into games. So physical literacy being, in this case, throwing, catching, carrying, rolling, mirroring, Rhythm, gliding, sliding, language, the, uh, the ability to translate movement to language. How do we put that in also? Well, there are ways to do it. One of the ways we've done that is a game called Skipping Rocks. And that one now has been around for, I think, about eight years. Um, and still see lots of people doing that. And what that game entails is um, you get your kids in plank position. And... They approach a wall where you have staged a bucket or a trash can or an overturned box that they can skip a lacrosse or a tennis ball into from a plank position. And we want them uh, in parallel to the wall while they do this. And they have to hold a good plank and skip or roll the ball. Um, and you'll find their ability to do so is directly related to their exposure to skipping rocks <laughs> or rolling a ball. So that's another layer that we started to add. So we can add functional fitness, right? We can add physical literacy. What else can we add? So <laughs> same time frame, I think around 2016, 2017 maybe, we uh, came up with something called Stinky Feats. And Stinky Feats was very intentionally to address uh, positional strength and getting people, to, getting kids to want to work on ankle stability, foot strength, knee strength, the whole up chain situation that we see with 
the uh, collapse in the foot ankle area. How are we going to get kids to want to do that? I mean, we, we had one of our sons really needed to work on that, and we had him doing the um, write the alphabet, you know, that very common um, intervention for that. Write the alphabet with your foot. Playing that because you would have him pick stuff up with his feet. Like, uh, right. Like, and then so we like, started doing the towel, right. grab the towel. And then we we're like, okay, well, but this does get boring kind of quick for kids who are like, they're not going to do that every day. They're not going to be super engaged. So how did we make that something they can do more often and really enjoy it and put some effort into it and want to win? And if they want to win, they're going <laughs> to be um, encouraged to do it, right? So we can also want them, they, they may then want to hop a little bit at home so they can do better when they play stinky feet. So you can try this at home. It's not easy. Um, there are many variations. The standard one that we started with was a bucket in the center, and the kids are all around the outside. There are socks in the bucket. Everybody, upon go, they're maybe five, ten meters from the bucket. Upon go, everybody hops shoeless to the bucket, um, hops, obviously one leg, single leg hops, um, to the bucket, and they're going to grab a sock with their foot and then return to their start position. This could also, of course, be in a two-lane race or a three-lane race, or it can be done a multitude of ways with teams. But the key with the grab and the, what, what makes this uh, valuable for positional um, strength is the hopping position, but also how they grab that sock. So we don't want to have them scoop the sock by sort of getting the using the instep and the toes to get the sock to lay across the top of the foot. That's kind of a cheat. Cheat. We want, we want them to grab with the toes and the whole foot and then have to keep it grasped in the, that foot while they hop on the other leg to wherever they're supposed to hop. So there, that's that third layer. Strength and conditioning, positional strength. So stinky fits came about because our own son had trouble with his feet and we needed to fix that and we kind of found some ways to make it, you know, fun, and we brought that to the gym, and kids loved it. And um, but I think the next thing we came to was the, the idea of free play. And we talked about that a little earlier. So can you talk How about some are we way, putting free play? So can you talk about some of the ways you brought free play into right. the gym? So free play is a big deep dive, but what we took from free play that we could add into games is the idea of less rules less timelines, some autonomy on the part of the kids, and creativity. So we wanted to give that to them somehow within the context of the game. And the first one that we came out with that did that was Legomania. And Legomania was, uh, we happened to have this gigantic tub of Legos in our gym because we raised four sons. So we had this gigantic tub of Legos, which should go somewhere, so into, into our kids' play area. And one day I just thought, man, they spend so much time with that. They just love it. I can use that. So what we did was we made maybe a 50-meter runway outside, put some chalk, wrote Legomania, wrote the rules, basic rules in chalk, which was 25 jumping jacks, everybody shoulder to shoulder at the start line, 25 jumping jacks. As soon as you complete the jumping jacks, you run or it could be bear crawl, it could be whatever you want it to be, lunge. But we had them sprinting 50, was it 50 meters? About 50 meters. To uh, a few coaches or helpers 
passing out Legos. So for every time they got to that 50 meter mark, they got one Lego. But if they chose, and this was strategy, they were learning a little strategy, if they chose to get more than one Lego per trip, they had to do three perfect swaps. So that coach would give them a few extra if they wanted to take the time to do the three perfect squats and get more Legos. So a lot of them were figuring that out. Were they able to do that fast enough? Was it worth it? And then they would go back, return their little Lego to a little chalk circle they'd made at, in front of the starting line with their initials on it, and then decide, once they started accumulating Legos, they would decide, am I going to put them together or am I going to keep accumulating? Because the goal was to create the tallest structure they could with those Legos. So some of them would start the structure and then start running again. Some of them would go one at a time to get as many as they could. So they got, they got to learn strategy. They got to play and be creative with how do you make the tallest structure with those Legos? And what was the strategy to do that involving their movement and their capacity? So free play. We were at, we were able to start to add free play into the games. And seeing that with you and, and having some discussions about free play and how important it was, um, you know, in the team class we started with games like hillbilly basketball, like set up the, set up the, the boxes so that those were their baskets, um, give them a couple of rules. Uh, you know, you, you, you pass the ball, you have to stop and, and, um, if you, if you score the ball or, or score, score a goal or drop the ball, um, the ball changes hands. And then let them start to play and let, let the kids develop their own rules. And we'd see some really wild, wild, wild rules uh, come out of, the, out of that. But um, that allowed the kids to also um, develop the skills of uh, cooperation and negotiation and things like that. that um, and that came out of your discussion with me about play and then watching what you're kind of doing the younger kids. Because in true play you have to get along or people just go, yeah, I'm leaving. I don't, right. It's not fun anymore. Gone. Done. Right? So if we're going to have a game we've got to have them cooperating and all participating where they're doing free play kind of thing so that they can make those decisions without somebody just going, oh, I hate that. I'm leaving. Right? right. right? So, that, so cooperation has to happen. So that's, those were the four things that actually appeared in, I think it was 2020 when we wrote our Educators Youth Coach course. Mm -hmm. We um, went through some games and, and added A, B, C, D. To, does this game have extra elements in it? And some of them had all four, some of them had just a few, but it was a way for teachers particularly to look and say, hey, that game provides more. I can do that one today. I don't have to do tag every day. Kind of thing you know i'm taxed i'm done i just want to do something easy make them run they they would have a way to go oh this one i can do and it's going to have all four things but as we do we think about this 100 percent of the time maybe 98 percent of the time um, we think about our family too <laughs> so we have added a few more over time and and i realized today um, there are many many games that are on the neurological side Balance, agility, accuracy, coordination are included in one sense or another, mm -hmm. right? I think. Well, I th also think that's really important to understand that because the if you think, think about the ten general skills and you think about um, the ones that are involved with training and physical adaptation, well, those are involved in a lot of our workouts, both kids and for and for teens. 
those games that uh, involve balance, agility, coordination, accuracy, that's all neurological adaption, that's all practice. And so being able to, to kind of step back for a second and sort of play those games that in, include those other general skills is really, really important for the kids. And the, I, yes, and, <laughs> and so that was something that was, it was still missing, right? right? So we're like, we need to add that layer. So one of the ways we do that with the young kids, I know you've got ways with the teens that's very different than what we do with the young kids. For the younger kids, we might do something like, lunge, 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 and then throw a ball to a target. Lunge, 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 kick a ball to a target. So we're practicing accuracy, and then that would be in a race context. And I know for the teens, you've done things that include any of those. So do things like spin three times, throw a ball, and throw a ball at a target with your offhand. And that's fun. So those are, um, and then do that with, uh, do that in a team context, whoever hits the target the most when, when wins, that kind of thing. So and Hoover Ball. Hoover Ball, yes. Heavy medicine ball, Hoover Ball, or um, even dodgeball. It's one of those things that can, can you can use th those kinds of things within dodgeball, the places where you're allowed to play dodgeball. And then finally, getting to the last layer that we like to put in there, and, and again, we've done this, this one from the beginning, but that are now realizing it to be this, this layer that we should be talking about. And that is cultural, current cultural context. So what I mean by that is circa 2005, 2006, we had a kid's game Frogger based on the game Frogger, where a group of kids would lunge in a single direction and a couple kids would leap, try and leap frog across the gaps and get to the other side, right? Without being touched by the lungers. Pretty simple. Now, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go 17 years. That was 17 years ago. Um, now, or at least in 2021, we created a rideshare, which is Uber, also called Uber Lyft Game, um, which is you drop. <laughs> you basically have many variations. One where you wheelbarrow walk with a partner a second one where you buddy carry them on your back, and a third one where you push them on a prowler. Obviously, those are very different levels of um, capacity and age and so forth. But the general idea is you're doing these carries uh, for points. So to start, you take a medicine ball. One of the partners will throw the medicine ball a distance. That's dropping a pin, and that's your carry distance. But that has to be a pre-marked distance that the coach has set up, say it's 10 meters, you've got to get that medicine ball at least 10 meters, and then you go that carry distance, wheelbarrow walk, or prowler push distance with your teammate. And each time you make it from end to end, you're getting points. So Uber Lyft, I'm just keying into the, or we're just keying into the current culture, right? A lot of kids I hear now aren't even driving. They can just take Uber. They don't need to learn to drive, right? And they're going to have self-driving cars. Yeah, so, they don't need so, to do that. They, they don't need so I got some questions. What are your questions? So first question would be... Why? <laughs> we already discussed why. Um, how, how do you explain the rules simply? I mean, you know, I can see people going like, well, I'm just going to have the kids run around because it's easier for me to do tag yeah. than it is for me to explain the rules. It always makes me sad. <laughs> I get sad when it's I like fiber. <laughs> because that's, that's kind of all about... Like, when, we're men when you're doing mentoring calls, I know one of the things you really have talked to people about is prep time. Like what they want to be able to do is walk in and run the class. 
like, I got this is my class, I'm going to come two minutes early, I'm going to scratch it out on the board. I want it to be j -j -j -j. First of all, it's kids. you got to take a little more time um, with explanations and um, think about how they're going to move, very particularly what the staging, what the movement, the flow is going to look like. So prep time is important. And we always say, look at it the day before. Know what you're going to do. Think through it. Maybe run through it yourself a little bit. See what it feels like, looks like. And, and then very clearly it comes to you. What is it exactly I need to say? I know that, um, I know that watching your classes, that you would arrive early. If you had a game that needed um, a setup, you always prepped everything. And it was all like just neatly stacked in a, in a spot where you were going to run the game so that when the game came, you could just go over, take the take the equipment, and set it up. That was really easy. And sometimes when in the gyms that we've walked into, or we're watching kids' class, and the game comes, and they've got stuff that they need set up, and it's been it's put away. And so there's a whole production, in yeah. several minutes of trying to find it. So you know, like you said, one of the things we talk about in mentoring is you know review the class before the day before, get there early enough to set the set the uh, equipment up, understand how the flow of the workout is going to go, and understand what you're going to need, need for games and, and the workouts. I think, too, I think sometimes the, when coaches read our programming, they look, Brand X programming, they look at that and they go, wow, that's really long. It's for the coach. <laughs> it's not for you to repeat verbatim to the children. It's for you to understand the game. So that's what I mean by maybe try it. Do so, it a little bit yourself so you can go, oh, what they need to know is stand here. When I say go run, they, they don't need to know all the things you need to know to make it work. So when you have that game like Uber Lyft, right, oh, yeah, it's, dog, long. it's long. But what the kids need to know is take the medicine ball, throw it at least <laughs> that far, and then you need a bear, well, wheelbarrow walk to that medicine ball. Exactly. Right. That's a, and then the teenagers need to know this medicine ball is your pin. You're going to drop a pin. Yeah. They'll all understand that. Right. The little kids aren't going to know that part. Just tell them to throw the ball. Well, maybe, well, yeah. What you mean <laughs> is people our age might not understand that. And then the other thing about explaining the rules simply and, and feeling like, oh, what if I left something out? They're going to be fine if you go, hey, freeze. Now I want you to do this. Like it was always you were waiting to tell them that piece, right? Or, and or, have a plan B. Have an easy game, like the kind that you think of as tag and <laughs> those basic ones. Have an easy game in your back pocket if it's not working out for whatever reason. And then also take the learning from that. What was it I forgot to tell them? What was it I didn't explain? What was it they didn't understand? Even ask them, hey guys, what are you thinking I meant when I said this? It's fine to do that and just stop worrying. If they're having fun and they're moving, that's the goal. It's fine to do that. And that does also hit physical literacy language. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you can find the Brandex catalog of games in a few different places. It's in our professional youth coach certification within the second part, the youth coach pro, which is our maintenance of certification piece, which is always growing and including now um, we're videoing as many games as possible and populating with uh, Brandex games and games that our labs have tested. So they're either original Brandex V-Lab we tested them in the OG gym, our current garage gym, or we're pushing them out to our labs to test and give us feedback before we put them out there for everyone.
That's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.